This week on The Financial Wizard, we answer your questions. Listener Mail is next. Stay tuned. Welcome to The Financial Wizard Podcast. This is personal finance in plain English for the rest of us. Join us each week as together we demystify money. And now, here's your host, Eric Henning. Welcome back. I'm Eric Henning. Thanks for joining me. I'm so glad you're here. Today, we're going to have a potpourri of listener questions. We've gotten quite a number of emails and uh, voice messages from you all in the last couple of weeks, and they've been stacking up. So I decided to do a whole episode dedicated to just your questions. We're not going to get to them all today, but we will continue to uh, pepper them throughout uh, the future episodes. We may actually do a, a segment at the end for listener mail now that we're starting to get some. And please feel free to ask me your questions. You can email me at eric at thefinancialwizard.com. That's E-R-I-C at thefinancialwizard.com. Uh, you can leave me a voice message on anchor.fm if you're so inclined. Uh, you can uh, send me a tweet. Uh, you can find me on Facebook. Uh, you can send me a carrier pigeon, whatever you want to do. But of course, the point of this whole podcast is to give you the tools you need to handle your money better and to know that you're handling it better. And of course, um, I just want to be answering questions people are asking. So here's the first one. Um, a friend uh, in Frederick, Maryland says, uh, love the podcast. Thanks very much. Um, possible future topic. When does it make sense to pay someone to do your taxes compared to doing them yourself? That's a great question. That is, and, and that's actually not a tax question. That is a spending question, really, because it gets into this whole business of at what point is it worth it to pay other people to do stuff that you might be able to do yourself, you, or in many cases, can certainly do yourself, especially with the aid of today's technology, but should you be doing it? Yourself. We talked about that uh, in a few episodes ago uh, towards the beginning of the podcast uh, when we talked about um, buying time. And that's a concept that I encourage you to look up in the archived episodes, and we'll have a link in the show notes. Uh, but really, the question is uh, when do you stop doing it yourself? Because especially if you're a business owner, if you're an entrepreneur, you're doing everything yourself, right? You've got five jobs, you've got to um, create whatever product or service you're offering. You've got to market that and let people know, get the word out. Okay. You've got to, um, close and sell and, and make those transactions happen with the people who respond, whether they're coming to you or you're going to them. Uh, you need to, um, constantly improve what you're doing and provide that customer service and you need to do the paperwork. And very few people have the, uh, a brain that works for all of those things. Usually they can do the creative stuff. Um, uh, and I find in my case, especially I can do the creative stuff. I can do the paperwork. I hate it, but I can do it. So at what point do I take that off my plate and say, you know, now it's time to pay somebody else to do it. And the answer is earlier than you think. Um, it is very, very tempting because when we're starting out, especially as an entrepreneur, it's very tempting to just do everything because we have no money. And what we want to do is we want to be at a point where we are presumably working a different job, have another means of income, hopefully, and we are able to reinvest the revenue from the business back into the business. And that's how we build up 
what we call working capital. That's money in a savings account that's available for future expenses and emergencies. And that's, and building that up is what allows you to not have to, um, you know, iron your own clothes or, um, repair your own automobile or uh, do your own taxes or mow your own lawn and all of those things. Because while you could be doing all of those things, at a certain point, your time as a business owner becomes more valuable than that. And it's time to farm that out to lower priced help, to people who can, or to talent that is going to be a fair exchange of energy, where instead of you taking your time, you're, you're trading money so that you have more time to put into your business to generate more revenue. Because otherwise, you get into this hamster wheel situation where you're trying to do everything, whether you're good at it or not. So the first thing is the stuff you're not good at, that's the first stuff you got to farm out because that's going to immediately improve that. I'm going through that right now. I'm putting up a new website and I'm doing a special promotion for a new venture for my magic business. And I've got a great web designer who does beautiful work, much better than I could ever do. Now, I'll still be able to edit the text and make some tweaks here, here and there in the website, and I know enough to do that. But I also know enough to know what I don't know and to know that the time it would take for me to do that myself, I would, I would, I could be selling more shows. I could be doing more business and doing so much business that I could pay for the website uh, work five or six times over. And I wouldn't have as good a result if I were trying to do it myself. So, because I'm sure no designer and I'm no graphic artist, that's not my skill set. That's not the way my brain works. So um, by me saying, you know, it's worth it for me to pay X hundreds of dollars, it's like getting a logo. You know, you can, yeah, sure, you can pay somebody on Fiverr to do it. Um, oh, but that gets us into a whole different thing, which is once you've decided to to get that thing farmed out, how do you decide how to do that? So let's move into that. So the first thing is you farm out the stuff that you're not good at uh, at all. And then then the stuff that is taking time away from what you, in fact, are getting paid to do. Because when you're a, a, an entrepreneur, especially a creative entrepreneur, people think that we're paid to create. You're not paid to create. You're not paid to, if you're a painter, you're not paid to paint. You're not getting paid to do the magic show. You're not paid to write the music or to perform the music. You're getting paid. The performance and the painting and the magic show are the rewards you get for doing what, in fact, you are getting paid to do, which is run your business. Now, if you're not in business for yourself, what else could you be doing with that time that you're spending working on your taxes? You could be spending time with your family, right? And that's time you don't get back. So for me, um, it's a no-brainer. Okay. I certainly know enough. I can do my own taxes. I can go on a website and there are millions of them. Um, and I can, you know, spend hours and hours typing receipts into a computer and I can do that. And that's not a problem at all. And in fact, we're going to have a resource for you very soon. That's going to enable you to do that for yourself very inexpensively and learn how to do it. So you can be organized so that when it comes time, you can decide whether or not you want to farm out your taxes because some of us, are good at that. And some of us can do it, which is great. So you can do it. It's not, it's not that you can't do it. It's just that do you really want to. So the answer is if you're a business owner, probably sooner than you think. And really for me, it's a, not a mathematical decision. It's just a decision as to how do I want to spend my time? And so I would say, yeah, sooner than you think. When I started full-time in the magic business, I hired an accountant and I paid um, a good deal of money because I wanted to be able to just hand them an envelope full of receipts at the end of every month and have them do all the work, 
do all the data entry. I wanted to have to do nothing. And at the end of the year, have them hand me a tax form to sign. Okay. And that cost a hundred dollars a month, 1200 a year, totally, totally worth it. Because all I had to do was collect my receipts and hand them over. And they figured out what was deductible and and what wasn't deductible. And uh, it was great. Now, not everybody offers that service. And not everybody offers it at that level of uh, of fee, which was actually pretty reasonable, I think, considering the work involved. But at that point, I really needed to focus on uh, building my business. And so for me, it was a no-brainer because I said, if I book one more show a month, I've paid for it many, many times over. So, So for me, that was worth it. Now, your mileage may vary, but that's the basis I would do the decision. Now, then comes the question, well, what vendor do I use? Who do I pay to do this? And the answer here is you don't want to cheap out. You don't want to cheap out. You want want to find quality at a fair price. And I'm going to pound this into the ground. I know I sound like a broken record, but I really think that the sweet spot when you're making spending decisions, at least in my mind, the sweet spot is not the cheapest we can find and not the best quality on no matter what the price. The answer is in the middle. The answer is the best quality we can get at a reasonable price. There is, it's kind of a differential curve. It's like a, it's a curve that starts out on the left really low and goes up sharply to the right and then kind of levels off. There's a point on that curve where you have the maximum quality for the minimum price. That's what you want. Okay. You don't want to cheap out. I'm not going to have somebody on Fiverr do my taxes. No, thank you. I don't, because I don't know. I don't. A lot of times you don't even know what country they're sitting in. And for the that amount of money, well, you get what you pay for. I, if I need a logo, I'm not going to go to Fiverr to get a logo. I've I've been down that road. That way lies madness. It's it's yeah. It's hard enough to communicate with a graphic artist anyway. But when they're half a world away or they don't really understand what you're trying to get at, no, 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 no. You know, so. Yeah, I think I think having somebody, by the way, if you're having graphics done, somebody who is a graphic artist who understands your business is the best way to go, even if you have to pay a little more for it, because they're going to understand your client, your potential customer a lot better than just a random graphic artist. So, yeah, so I'm going to pay and I'm going to go to someplace like 99designs.com and I'm going to put it up for bids and I might pay three, four or five hundred dollars for a decent logo. Why? Because that's going to pay itself back. That's something you don't cheap out on. You know, it's like uh, the great comedy uh, legend, John Panette, who sadly is no longer with us. Uh, John Panette uh, has some wonderful stuff. You can watch some of his stuff on YouTube and Amazon and Netflix. Just funny. He's one of the funniest, nicest guys you'd ever want to meet. And he had this great routine about, you know, I can't stand people, you know, waiting in line for things. And he talks about it at the grocery store when he's in line behind somebody with cheap toilet paper. He's like, what is wrong? Don't you like yourself? You know, I don't, you know, I might not be able to pay the bills, but I've got good toilet paper. There's a line you just don't cross, <laughs> you know, so you gotta, there's certain things you just don't cheap out on. So, so yeah, so you want the best quality at a decent price. And that's really what we're after. So I would do your research, ask friends, you know, find out what, um, you know, what uh, they're doing, you know, friends who are in your business. Um, if you're in a, a Facebook group, that's an industry group, ask people, you know, who do you use for your graphic design? Who does your taxes? Who do you recommend for this or that resource? Um, you know, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. So that's, uh, 
that's a lot of time on one question, but I think it's an important question, especially for us uh, entrepreneurs uh, to know when you should start um, farming stuff out. Uh, here's another one. Uh, another uh, listener uh, in Maryland asks about information for recovering from divorce, death, or another financially traumatic situation. Uh, that really needs its own episode and it's going to get one. I will say just initially, um, and this is, again, this is not to minimize because I've been through this. I've been divorced. I've been widowed. I know what this feels like. And I just went through a year and a half ago, my father passing away and having to deal with all of that and helping my mother with her finances and setting all that up. Um, thank God he was organized and had it mostly set up. So it wasn't as difficult as it might have been. But the point is, this is something we're going to go through. If you haven't already, your parents at some point are going to, you know, be ill, they'll pass away. You're going to have to deal with this stuff. Somebody you care about may have a chronic illness. You have a one, one in seven chance of somebody very close to you having a chronic illness you're going to have to deal with. Um, we know the odds on divorce, right? And, uh, and there are other things that happen. So I guess the best advice I can give, the, the best advice is to plan ahead is to prepare ahead. That means that in a marriage, both partners need to be aware of the finances, have the usernames and passwords, check on things, check your credit periodically, um, make sure that you know what's going on. I know there are situations uh, that have come up where a spouse has opened bank accounts and credit cards without their partner's knowledge. That's bad stuff. That's, that's very, very bad stuff. So you kind of really need to know what's going on and checking your credit, checking inquiries and stuff. If, if there are inquiries in your credit account that you didn't initiate, or if you're seeing uh, bills or something that don't make sense to you, um, yeah, you need to, you need to find out what's going on. Um, and also uh, it, it could be something else. It could be a fire or something like that. And if all your stuff's in your computer and your computer is in the house and the house burns down, that's not too great. So you always want to have a backup of your uh, computer, a hard drive that comes with you that's in your pocket or purse or, or in your bag that's with you so that if something burns down, we did this when I was in the investment business in, in, my, in our practice uh, back in Virginia. Um, we had, and this is the days uh, this is before we had these very inexpensive uh, USB hard drives that you just plug in and back up very quickly. We used tape drives and it would take half an hour to back everything up. Uh, but we, our biggest asset was our client data and we backed everything up every day. And we sent a tape drive. We had two of them. One went into the fireproof safe in the office and the second backup went into our secretary's handbag, her purse, and it went home with her so that if the place burned down, we had our client data. We had their investment information with the, uh, that we could use and we would be up and running right away. And that can really help you. Computers crash. They get viruses. Things happen. So first thing is back up your data. And again, if you don't trust electronics, and um, I wouldn't completely, I would have another way of backing up your data. All of your credit cards and debit cards, make photocopies front and back of all the cards and have them in a safety deposit box in your bank or some other place uh, that is, you know, again, away from your house. Uh, just to have backups of everything. Um, this is true if you're traveling. If you're traveling, if your wallet gets stolen, if you have uh, hidden in your luggage, photocopies of your cards, your passport, all of that stuff. It's going to make things so much easier to replace, especially if you're in a foreign country. That's just a nightmare. You don't want to even go anywhere near. Trust me on this. So number one is check, keep an up-to-date check on your credit report and things like that. And secondly, keep backups, back up all of your data. And finally, you really want to 
um, start thinking about what happens if your financial plans don't have time to work out. What happens if there's an interruption? What happens if you get a chronic illness or you're disabled, you can't work, or some, God forbid, somebody passes away, particularly if there's a single wage earner or a primary wage earner in your household. Uh, and this is where insurance comes in. And again, we're going to do a whole episode about insurance in the next couple of weeks, but I, you need to be aware that these are things, especially if you're in your 20s, you don't think about this, but stuff happens. You know, I mean, I hate to break it to you, but uh, bad things happen to good people. Just look on Facebook and see how many people that that are in your circle of friends or friends of friends or friends of acquaintances that are passing away in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s. Um, it's It's amazing. So not to be Debbie Downer here, but be prepared. You know, being prepared means that you, you know, you have a full tank of gas in the car before you run out of gas. It means you repair the roof before the, the rain leaks in, you know, and that sort of thing. You know, you're just thinking ahead. Uh, in magic, we have a principle called the one ahead principle where the performer is trying to be one ahead of the audience. He's doing more than the audience knows he or she is doing. Well, that's a great principle in life to think ahead because otherwise we spend our time just reacting to things and we're, and we're constantly playing defense. You want to play offense. You want to think what could happen. And the, uh, the quick and easy um, sort of scan on, in, on insurance is this. You want to insure the most likely events first. This is, there's an order to it. There's a priority. The most likely event is that you're going to get sick. So that's where health insurance is the first thing. I know that's, a, again, a big issue. That gets its own episode very soon. But the point is that that is the priority. If you can possibly do it, you need to try to get health insurance. And if you've got a big deductible, try to save up that money in your emergency bucket that we talked about before uh, to cover whatever deductible you're dealing with. So you're more likely to get sick. The second most likely thing is to have an auto accident. Now, most states you probably already have. If you drive a motor vehicle, if you have a license and you own a motor vehicle, you generally probably already have auto insurance because most states required it by law. So that's kind of a no-brainer. You probably already have that. The next most likely thing in terms of what people think of with insurance is life insurance, but that's not the next thing. The next most likely thing is that you become disabled. You become disabled and you can't work for more than 90 days. Now, here's the thing. People say, well, I've got health insurance. Well, yeah, health insurance pays for medical bills, but it doesn't pay the mortgage. It doesn't pay the rent. It doesn't cover your car payment or your auto insurance. It doesn't put food on the table or books in your kid's hand to go to school. It doesn't do any of that. Okay. So even though health insurance may pay your medical bills, it won't pay your cost of living. And this is why it's important to have that emergency money so you can pay that. But even if you've only got at least three months, because even if you've got disability income insurance, that's what it's called, disability income insurance, even if you've got that, it usually doesn't kick in until you've been officially, with a doctor's letter, you've been officially disabled for more than 90 days. So it doesn't cover you until 90 days have gone by. I know the duck on TV talks about how they pay you, you know, the next day after you make a claim. What they don't tell you is most of the time you're not allowed to make a claim until 90 days have gone by. Okay. So that means you have to have some way of covering the 90 days. Now you can get very inexpensive short-term disability policies, but it's better to just have cash in the bank to pay three months living expenses. 
That's your minimum size. Remember, we talked about that in the buckets of money episode. That's the minimum size for your emergency money bucket. Okay. That's so that you don't have to use a credit card for emergencies because a credit card is not an emergency fund, right? It's very expensive emergency money. So that's important. Um, so next is disability income insurance. And you got to really look at these policies because everyone's like a fingerprint. They're individual. Then the next is life insurance. So that's the priority. And so you want to start making inquiries about that. And we're going to be talking about insurance more fully as we get along here in the next few weeks. Um, here's another question. Uh, this one's from across the pond in the UK. Uh, what steps should I take if I want to learn about the stock market and know nothing? Well, I wouldn't say you know nothing because you know how to write and send an email. So, yay. No, just kidding. The fact of the matter is that you know more than you think you know. And sometimes some of what we know is wrong, like the idea that stock market investing is inherently gambling. It depends on how you do it. It's like saying driving is gambling. Well, driving recklessly is gambling. Driving, you know, safely is about as safe as you can be. Um, obviously, we don't have any control necessarily over whether we arrive home alive, but to the extent that we can drive safely and obey the driving laws, that's going to give us the best chance possible. And it's the same thing with investing. There's always risk. And we've talked about in previous episodes about how to reduce that risk. So how do you learn, though, from scratch? Let's say you know nothing and you know that you don't know, which is good. Um, I'm going to recommend an app. This is our app of the week. Da -da -da -da. It's called Learn by Rubicoin. I like Rubicoin. Rubicoin is a great name because, of course, the Rubicon is the river that people cross. It's a landmark. And Rubicoin gets that little pun in there with money. So I like that a lot. Learn by Rubicoin. It's available in the App Store for iOS devices and also in Google Play for Android devices. And it is a class in investing that has very short, bite-sized lessons in plain English, the way I like it. But they also have audio files of the same thing uh, read by the guy who wrote them, who's an investing expert. And um, you can listen to those along as you go. So uh, it's kind of like a book and a podcast all in one. It's not really long, but it will get you through the basics like a primer. It'll get you through the basic uh, sort of field guide to investments and get you to a basic level of knowledge when you're so that you'll start understanding kind of what people are talking about. And I highly recommend it. It's a uh, uh, it's an app. I believe that it's free. Uh, I'll have to take a look at that. It might not be free. It might be uh, just a, even if it's just a few dollars, totally worth it. You know, if it's like three or four dollars, I would absolutely um, do that all day long. So uh, learn by Rubicoin, R-U-B-I-C-O-I-N. Again, we'll have a, a link to the uh, app in the show notes and uh, you'll be able to get that yourself. So that's listener questions. Uh, we only got to three. We got a dozens more, but we will do that. And I will try to do a little bit every time here as we go through in the future uh, episodes. Uh, coming up next week, I think we're going to do insurance and talk about that very kind of uh, bizarre and, and seemingly very complex area. We're going to try to break it down for you so that you know what to do next to get yourself protected. Because we talked about spending money. We've talked about borrowing money. We've talked about saving money and investing money. And now it's time to talk about protecting your money. And so uh, 
stay with us for next week. And please, again, if you have questions, send them to me at eric at thefinancialwizard.com. And uh, please, uh, if you like the podcast, oh, by the way, uh, the podcast is now available on the new Google Podcast app. Google is separating out from Google Play, separating the podcasts out. And so there's another app. So if you're on an Android device, you need to download the free Google Podcast app and do a search for The Financial Wizard, and you can listen to it on your Android device now. I'm so excited about that. Uh, we've been waiting for that for a couple of months now. So you can go, but please like us, rate us, review us on Apple Podcasts and Google Play and other um platforms, whatever you're uh, using. And uh, we really, really do appreciate that. And listen to current and archived episodes on anchor.fm, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and uh, all the other uh, for forums that we're on. We're on, I think, eight or 10 different uh, different platforms now. And you can see all of those by going to anchor.fm slash the financial wizard. Well, thanks for listening. I really appreciate you taking the time out. I hope this has been valuable for you and uh, we will see you next week. And until next week, take care of your money and your money will take care of you. This presentation by Eric Henning is purely educational. Nothing in this presentation should be construed as giving specific or individual legal, tax, or investment advice. You should make major financial decisions only after consulting with competent professionals licensed in your place of residence. While we can't give individual financial advice, we'd love to answer your questions. Please send your money questions to us at eric at thefinancialwizard.com. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, review it, and tell your friends.